There has never been a better time than now to come join the Belicio Foods team. Belicio has a new contract in place with plenty of awesome perks for their employees. From increased wages, access to the free health clinic, vacation after six months, and much more, Belicio Foods is committed to putting their employees first. For more information or to apply, visit BelicioFoods.com careers. Take advantage of these great new employee benefits and join the Belicio team today. Visit BelicioFoods.com careers to learn more. We at Orange Crush have many things to be thankful for, including everyone who makes Orange Crush a part of their day. To show our thanks, Orange Crush, WKOV, and participating Save-A-Lot locations will be giving away Thanksgiving turkeys to dozens of winners because even though Thanksgiving celebrations still might look different this year, we know Thanksgiving favorites will still be a part of your plan. Visit gjpepsicontest.com turkey to find out where you can enter to win now through November 18th. No purchases necessary. See official rules for details. A 2021 Christmas concert is being planned, however, the men need to increase their numbers. There is still time to become part of this show. Join us at the Marquet Cultural Arts Center in downtown Jackson, Tuesday evenings at 7 p.m. to 9 p.m. See you there. Oh, by the way, be ready to meet new friends and have fun. And, oh yes, bring your smile, you'll need it. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the morning show right here on Main Street TV. Jennifer here, of course, back. So some people will be happy about that. Some people not so much, but that's okay. No, we've um, almost had to shut down everything without uh -huh. you. I'll bet. I'll bet. No, uh, of course, morning news update with our good friend Pete Wilson, and it's good to see you, Pete. It's good to be back here um, in the studio, and... Uh, Sorry if I'm a little stuffy, but we're going to get through this. All right, we we will. You are a, you are a trooper. You always have been. We will <laughs> we will do this together. Yes, we will. And and then we have a special guest we today. We do have another special guest. Love that. Right here on the second half of the program, Dan Morrow has been good enough to come in and talk Absolutely. about sports, mainly of course the big playoff game between Jackson and Western Brown. Yes. It, it, the uh, you know spoiler alert the Ironmen lost that game but it was a great game one that we'll remember for a long time. That's exactly right. Right, exactly. So you know uh, Dan will talk about that and maybe some other sports things as well because he is the man for that. He's Dan the man. All right, Dan the man. Okay, well we'll start with some news though. Uh, City of Jackson uh, at the last council meeting, uh, Randy Evans had some good news uh, to report for the city and especially for some folks who live in the Mill Street area over on the north end of town. He reported Mill Street. Mill Street. Over there, uh, it runs parallel to Athens Street. Oh, okay. Okay. Is uh, that the Logan street, street where you go to um, um, the square dance place? Well, if you go on Athens Street and cross over to Summit Street, you will pass Mill Street. You will cross over okay. Mill Street, which is kind of a long street. It runs parallel with Summit Street and Athens Street, if you can gotcha. see that kind yeah. of in the map in your mind. But anyway, I did not realize this, but there are some areas in the city, um, maybe this is the only one I saw, better watch how I say this, but Mill Street, this area of Mill Street, I don't know whether it's just Mill Street or Mill Street is the focus. There are some homes in our area that do not have sanitary sewer lines. Oh, you know, they, okay. Uh, you know they have septic have tanks septic, or they have yeah. septic tanks or whatever. I did not realize this was the case in the city of Jackson, but I there is this pocket of, of of unserved people. Well, the good news that Mayor Randy Evans delivered at the last council meeting was that the city has secured a large grant, about one million dollars, a little over one million dollars uh, exactly, to extend sanitary sewer lines to these people. And we're talking uh, approximately 24 households 
Not sure if they're all on wow. Mill Street, or, uh, but Mill Street is the main area. Mill Street and near Mill Street, 24 homes over there. And this money is federal money that comes through the American Rescue Act plan through a state program authorized by House Bill 168. So the state kind of awarded the money, but it was federal money to start out with. Uh, these will be new sewer lines in the area. And of course, at the previous council meeting, if you remember, and you may not because you know a lot of these things run together, a lot of grant money has been available and the locals are taking advantage of it. A $500,000 grant was announced to uh, replace some sewer lines in that same area of town. Okay. Uh, that would be in the Mitchell Street area, yeah. not too far from the Mill Street. Uh, the Mitchell Street Wood, Wood Avenue area of, that was a $500,000 grant. This is a million dollar grant, a little over a million. Uh, Mayor Evans joked that the next council meeting hopes to uh, talk about a million and a half dollar <laughs> yeah, grant. Yeah, let's just keep on upping it. But one of the things he said when he announces these good news is that, you know, the money is out there. It is available for some of these infrastructure projects thanks to all the federal money uh, that came first through the CARES Act the first year and the second year. <clears> it's <throat> the American Rescue Act. But it's the same pipeline of federal money uh, coming to you know make improvements through uh, you know the COVID relief and so forth what he always says is this just because the money is there and there is a need doesn't mean you're automatically going to get it you have to do a lot of front-end work to be able to uh, justify the grant you mm -hmm. have to do a lot of paperwork you have to do some engineering uh, you have to do some studies you have to say you just can't say we need the money he makes it a point that with the staff that he has there, with the administration, you've got service director David Swackhammer, you've got project coordinator Tracy Plants, who he's been uh, very high on mm -hmm. for the work that she's done. She does a lot of this work behind the scenes uh, to uh, do the uh, legwork to show that there is a need, you know, to justify the yeah. need. And uh, this work. It, this is why he says that the city have been getting these grants lately and they hope to continue to get more grants as well. Uh, they see this as an opportunity in Jackson, as does Charlie Hudson and Wellston, to maybe really address the infrastructure issues that have occurred over time in both Wellston and Jackson. We're talking about replacement of water lines, replacement of sewer lines. In this case, these are new sanitary sewer lines within the city. That's and so awesome. There's a lot of there's a lot of irons in the fire for future money as well. But this was one of the things that he was happy to announce at the last meeting. Now, speaking of the city of Jackson, uh, tonight once again we talked about this on Thursday, uh, but I'm going to uh, hit it again. There is a service committee meeting. This is not the full council. This is service committee. Ryan Peters, the first ward councilman, is the chair of that committee. But it is going to be about Fairmont Cemetery. Now, we roll the tape back to oh, the no. summer and the yeah. fall. And remember the controversy there I do. when the city decided to step forward. Administration at council's behest was going to start enforcing uh, regulations on grave decorations that had been on paper all along but had really not been enforced much sure. if at all and so what the issue was that in the last year or two uh, the city is getting by with less help at the cemetery but it's still just as big as it ever was a lot of mowing a lot of weed eating needs right. to be done up there and on some of these graves according to what the regulations are on paper some of these grave decorations are not allowed. Some of them are too big. It's the type of decorations as well. And so, you know, the city put up signs last year saying, you know, hey, listen, you need to comply with the, with the law, remove these by a certain time or whatever. Right. Well, that obviously created a little bit of discontent there. A little bit, yes. From the folks, you know, who uh, have loved ones buried there and have decorated the graves the way they thought sure. they should and the way they were basically allowed to do because of uh, the lax or non-enforcement. And so when the city uh, you know, caught some heat over this, um, they backed off and said, hey, listen, let's look at this a little bit later for next year. Well, this is now a little bit later. Uh, the, service the service committee chair, Ryan Peters, would like the public to know that this is your opportunity tonight to come and say your piece uh, about uh, about the grave decoration thing because they've got to decide are they going to not enforce and maybe change some of these regulations are they going to put the regulations on and give you plenty of time before next spring to right. comply with them uh, I think it's an open book 
he definitely wants to be responsive to the public, at least to hear what the public has to say. On the city side, of course, one of the issues is it has become a very hard to you know mow around some of these things. Mm -hmm. And there are so many graves at Fairmont Cemetery, and apparently 1,000 or more that are in technical violation that uh, the way it was put by uh, Randy Evans at one of the meetings was that, you know, we do weed eating more than we do mowing. Right. And it's big enough that that is an issue, especially when you don't have as much help as you need. Had trouble hiring some seasonal workers, of course. You know, everybody else in that same boat hiring yep. people. So, you know, they have to bring all this together. Also, even though Fairmont Cemetery is a sprawling, large cemetery, uh, they're going to talk about maybe the necessity for cemetery expansion at some point. That's a secondary thing, but that may be, that may come up at tonight's issue too. Uh, Ryan Peters has lamented. Other councilmen have lamented. You know, they have these issues. They know that there should be public input. They know that the public uh, has a stake in it. It is, you know, it's it's public. It's a public issue. But then when nobody comes to the meetings. And then they, on the back end, they complain right. about a decision that was made. It's very frustrating. Yeah, be part of the process if, so, if you know you have something to say. This is your opportunity yeah. to do that. Once again, that's tonight, 5.30 p.m. at the City Council Chambers, 199 Portsmouth Street. That is in the uh, same building where the police department is if yep. you haven't been there before. All right, uh, we'll turn to the City of Wellston and talk about uh, a major grant opportunity there. Uh, Mayor Charlie Hudson uh, and his staff, uh, Service Director Anthony Brenner, uh, with Council's cooperation and participation, uh, they have been very proactive trying to get some of this federal money uh, and state money that is available because of COVID relief. And one of the things that they're going to apply for, they actually took the first reading of a resolution to do this, is uh, authorizing the mayor to participate in the 2021 Ohio Department of Transportation Alternatives Program. And what they're after is a large grant that would, uh, that would uh, cover the cost of installing new sidewalks, uh, new sidewalks, uh, curbs, and period lighting on Ohio Avenue in downtown Wellston. Mm -hmm. Now that's the heart of the yeah, historic downtown, downtown business district. Yeah. And they had already received a $634,000 grant from ODOT. Now, I mean, that's money that's in hand or will be in hand. Uh, through the small cities program that will pay for the widening and repaving of ohio avenue as well as the installation of water and sewer lines it'll be a complete makeover of ohio avenue so this new grant if they will get it will go even farther to make you know ohio avenue an attractive downtown area you know all the emphasis by the main street organization in the city has been you know trying to get trying to make it more business friendly attract more business uh you know now they're trying to do something uh, not just about the business properties and their condition and getting businesses in them and supporting the businesses that are there, uh, but they want to make the streets, curbs, gutters, sewer lines, they want to modernize them as well. And with the period lighting and the street widening and whatever, it, it would make it extremely attractive for people sure. to do business there. So, you know, all that, is, all, all that work happening behind the scenes. All right, uh, speaking of public affairs, this uh, Thursday... Uh, Jackson Economic Development Partner Partnership CEO and President Sam Brady was very excited to announce this last Friday, but this coming Thursday at the Rio, the Rio Grande Center here in Jackson, you know, okay. that's out there, you know, on East Main Street. By the movie theater. Ex exactly, in the same, uh, in that same unit there on the other end from the movie theater. Uh, they are going to have a business roundtable. Um, it is uh, open to the public or open to business participation. If you're if you're interested in local business and you're interested in economic development, uh, this would be something that, uh, that you know, you might want to attend to spectate or participate in. But uh, Frank LaRose, who is the Ohio Secretary of State, and he is running for re-election in 2022. He's kind of an up-and-comer. <clears throat> there he is right there. Okay. He was in the state legislature before then. He is going to be the special guest, and he will take part in this uh, conversation. Uh, Economic Development Partnership, Sam Brady, I'm sure some of the people on that committee will be there. Uh, they will have, everybody will have the opportunity to not only meet and speak with Secretary LaRose, but the idea is to discuss economic development topics and to share, on, share ideas on how to make Ohio and Jackson County a better place to do business. Now, because it's at the Rio Center, 
Uh, I'm sure that uh, URG uh, Rio Grande Community College President Ryan Smith will be there, I'm guessing. And also, it has been confirmed that they're going to have some business students from the University of Rio Grande there to see firsthand this uh, adult discussion yeah, on economic development and the things that you can do to set the table for economic development and uh, pro-business initiatives. So that is from 4 to 5 p.m. this Thursday at the Rio Grande College Community Jackson Center. That is 90, 980 East Main Street. Uh, you know, if you haven't been there before, as Jennifer said, the easy way to remember is it's right there next to the Tri-City Theater. The old bowling alley. Exactly. So uh, that will happen on, on Thursday. Uh, on the business side, uh, we'll also mention this, uh, you know, the new Hubbard Daniels Accounting Office yes. here at 400 East Main Street, just a couple blocks from us. Uh, of course, uh, the accounting office moved from the office commons there. Uh, uh, late last August, I believe it was, a beautiful building, and you know they've done things on the inside to uh, adapt it to mm -hmm. what they do there, uh, which is all kinds of accounting, tax work, etc. They're going to have a ribbon cutting there at four o'clock, <coughs> and they're going to have you know uh, you know uh, kind of an open house there as well to that's formally cool. celebrate that. I think that's one of the prettiest buildings in Jackson. I always have. I just right. love that building. Right. You know that sooner or later something would happen there. Yeah. It's too nice of a it's building for it not really to. It's really pretty. Right. And so that will give, uh, you know, uh, the principals there, Lee Hubbard and Susan Daniels, a chance, you know, to own their own building and do mm -hmm. some things with it. When you're in your own place, yeah. you know, that uh, you, you really have a sense of pride. And uh, they have certainly done a lot of work to not only move into their own facility, uh, not just lease something, but uh, to have a really nice building on top of that, they've spent mm -hmm. some money to do that. So, uh, you know, if you haven't been there, uh, you know, you, I'm sure they would pop in and welcome you to take a look at it any time. Right, exactly. And then at that time, of course, they can tell you all what they do, and maybe they can help you with those hey, with your needs as to an accounting yeah, or whatever. With those numbers. All right, we have exciting news to announce from uh, Vinton County. Earlier, uh, it, it, early in the school year. They had a local competition called the Distinguished Young Women of Vinton County. This is a scholarship contest, and they okay. have it at the local level. And the, the local winner was Cassandra Mayers. That, uh, <coughs> excuse me, qualified her to go to the state contest. The state contest was this past weekend. Well, guess what? Cassandra won the state contest. What? I feel like we see, hear and see her name quite a bit. Well, there, there's <laughs> Olivia... <laughs> I don't know if you remember this, Jim, but she did come in here and was a guest on the show one time. Yeah. And when she left, we were all like, wow, she's, she's amazing. so much more mature than like every other yeah. teenager. <laughs> she was on the um, court, wasn't yeah, she? she? Was, yeah, she was one of the. Yeah. Like, on the homecoming court, she's a cheerleader, yeah. uh, obviously, involved, uh, obviously uh, accomplished academically as well. Uh, just you an go, out, girl. An outstanding young lady. But that was held at Marysville this past weekend. I don't wow. know how many comp competitors there were, but it was statewide. And that she is, is awesome. the local winner. We're going to try to get some more information on that uh, for an article for this Wednesday's paper. Uh, talk to her about that. Congratulate her and get some comments. I do know that the national contest that she now qualifies for uh, will be in June in Mobile, Alabama. Very fun. So she'll be she'll be headed there. So that you know, uh, on the sports side, you know, we talk about always. Oh, let's go to the state tournament. Let's qualify for the state tournament. If you're a runner, or a football team, or whatever. Well, she went to her version of a state tournament and won it. So congratulations to Cassandra Mayer's Vinton County High School senior. Also speaking about our local kids on a state platform. The Vinton County High School Spanish students, or a delegation of Vinton County High School Spanish students, were at the at last week's Ohio School Boards Association Capital Conference. That's where representatives of school boards from all over the state come in for a kind of like a, a one-time annual convention. It's usually in Columbus, and it was last week as well. Well, these Spanish students from uh, Vinton County High School uh, participated and they shared information about how they have partnered the high school with the University of Rio Grande for Spanish students at Rio Grande, or at, at the high school to get college credit for the high school work they do. A kind of a collaboration gotcha. between the University of Rio Grande, which has a center there at Vinton County, in Vinton County, 
and the Vinton County High School Spanish program. And so uh, those students that were, uh, were there, the, these, are, these students are taught by Gildy Smith, and it begins with eighth grade, eighth grade students at the, at the middle school, and they are able to accelerate to Spanish at VCHS uh, through this program. With this opportunity, students are able to be well prepared for what they call the seal of biliteracy. Additionally, through a partnership with Rye Grand that I've mentioned, uh, the high school offers three courses through college credit via the College Credit Plus program, CCP. People know it by CCP. Uh, Vinton County High School is credited with the, uh, the education community with having one of the most comprehensive foreign language pathways in the state. So congratulations to the Spanish program and everybody who's made that happen. And uh, Vinton County Spanish students spoke before a statewide audience at one of the breakout sessions, at least, to explain what they That's have done. That's pretty darn cool. Locally. And I do know, I'm going to get information on this, but don't want to forget Jackson High School. Sean Gentry, who is the art instructor at mm -hmm. Jackson High School, he had students up there uh, showing what they have done in art at Jackson High School through a statewide audience. Nice. So we're working on that story as well. We know they were there. Kim Haddle Harless, mm -hmm. you know, uh, who is a school board member at uh, Jackson. I know she was up there, and so was Pat McDonald, cool. our board president here in Jackson. All right, uh, we'll turn to, because we must, to COVID-19. Uh. Uh, do not have any new numbers to give you. Sometime we do get uh, new numbers during the day on Monday. But, of course, the, the latest report was reduced cases in Jackson County, but there were five COVID-related deaths. You know, which is not yeah. good. That was last week. I know you weren't here to hear that, yeah, but it was kind of a mixed good. bag. But uh, in Vinton County, unfortunately, the cases went up instead of down. They've been coming down the last three weeks. They went up by about 25%. Oh. And there was also two COVID-related deaths there as well. Yeah. Uh, now we're speaking of some clinics that are going to take place. Uh, they are taking place. Uh, some have and still some before us. Uh, the Jackson County Health Department uh, have had have had clinics at some of the schools last week, and they will be uh, this week uh, at. Um, let's see, they will be at Southview Elementary School um, tomorrow night from four to seven. At Westview Elementary, they'll be there tonight from four to seven p.m. Westview Elementary tonight, Southview tomorrow, uh, and that will complete their circuit of going to the schools. They went to Bundy last week they went to oak hill elementary last week they went to northview elementary last week and the main reason that the health department is going to these schools is to make it very available for parents to have their students grades 5 to 11 to have that new pfizer biotech vaccine that has been approved for use for kids in that age bracket right and i haven't really heard what kind of turnout there's been but the health department is trying to make it as convenient as possible they have even scheduled second dose clinics into the future about three weeks you know for each building uh, for that second shot because it is a two-shot process yes now at any of these clinics and remember once again <clears throat> uh, westview tonight 4 to 7 p.m southview uh, tomorrow night, 4 to 7 p.m. Uh, you, it, it's just not the boost. It's just not the uh, 5 to 11 vaccine. You can get the COVID booster shot, the Pfizer or Moderna, the third booster shot that's been approved. You can get your first adult shot, your second adult shot. It's a one-stop shop. You man. can get a flu shot. Right. So all that. Yeah. Don't forget the all flu that you shot can do exactly. Well. Right. A lot of folks are saying that's more important than ever to get the flu yep. shot this year because of the COVID. So uh, those continue to go on. At, uh, in Benton County, similar situation up there. The health department uh, tomorrow, yes, tomorrow will be at West Elementary from 1 to 5 p.m. That's once again to be right there during the school day to give shots to the kids in that bracket ages 5 to 11. They'll be at Central Elementary uh, on the 17th, that's Wednesday, also from 1 to 5. And then Thursday, they'll complete the elementary circuit by going to South Elementary, that's near Hamden, uh, also from 1 to 5 p.m. They, they also had a clinic last week at the health department itself uh, that was good for, you know, any kid that came in or any adult as well. All right, uh, of course, Veterans Day was held uh, last Thursday. Uh, they had a great ceremony downtown here. Uh, Anthony Brenner, the service director for Wilson, yeah. was the guest speaker. We talked about that on Thursday uh, with the Arnold trip. Uh, th that was in advance, though, but it did come off. 
and uh, made through uh, made through a very nice ceremony. wasn't too cold. Big breeze. Those flies. Those those flags at Veterans Memorial Park were beautiful. flapping. Were flapping. It was yeah. it was a beautiful sight. Got some nice pictures there. Um, the uh, Vinton County Veterans Celebration was held in front of the courthouse, uh, and uh, uh, Jim Payne, who is the Vinton County prosecutor, was the speaker, and that went pretty well as well. At Wellston High School, they had a Veterans Day uh, celebration as well, a Veterans Day program. That is considered a community program. I don't think it was quite as open as it's been in the past because of the COVID situation, sure. but the National Honor Society did put on uh, that uh, ceremony that had several speakers in. One of them was our one of our old buddies, Greg Milliken. Uh-huh. Uh, he was a the Vietnam old man. Veteran. The old man of rock and roll was in there to rock and roll on uh, what it means to be a veteran. Absolutely. And so that was held last Thursday as well. This week at Jackson High School, uh, the drama club under the, um, under the direction of Kathy Lord will be presenting uh, a, their version of Alice in Wonderland. Oh, wow. Uh, they will be having performances on Friday evening and Saturday evening, both at 7 p.m. and then on Sunday afternoon um, at, uh, at 3 o'clock. Sunday afternoon at 3 o'clock. You can get tickets in advance Very online. Good. It is open to the public. They probably won't be filling the auditorium because of the COVID situation, but it is open to the public. It's not limited just to parents or whatever, but you would be wise to get tickets online mm -hmm. in advance if you're wanting to go to any of those three performances. Um, as we speak, within, uh, let's see, a half hour from now, uh, the Jackson County Women's Club, formerly the Linus Club, will be opening their candy store. Now this is uh, just just down a couple uh, yes. a, a couple doors from us. Two, two, two eighty one Main Street. That's where, always one of the best treats of the holiday season. Right where Abbott Home Care used to be. It's the same yeah. ladies that were in the Linus Club. They the Linus Club uh, uh, discontinued and has become the Jackson Women's Club now. Uh, that's what they call themselves, and they will be open from ten to five, ten a.m. to five p.m. Monday through Saturday. Uh, you can't miss it because they've got decorations out in front now. I'm going to tell you, <clears throat> get there early because they sell out quick. They usually do. It's kind of not said how long they're going to be open, but if you think, okay, I'll go in three days before Christmas. It don't. They better not, it's, they're better not, not going to be there. You yeah. better not wait. They say they have the biggest selection of candy in town, and the prices are good as well. Yep. So All different kinds of stuff. All right. Okay, uh, the Rockster Tots concert was held last Saturday yes. evening. They're at the Marquet Cultural Arts Center. I wasn't able to make that, but I will tell you that uh, I understand the attendance was very good. Uh, that is a picture <clears throat> of the performers there uh, at the uh, concert. You've got uh, David mm -hmm. Leach, you've got John Jones, you've got Bart Wiseman, you've got Craig Klein, and of course on the right side there, you've got our own John Pelletier. I know they had a great time. Yes. I'm guessing the crowd had a great time and they raised money for uh, the Rock for Tots program and a lot of the money from this concert from that it goes to Rock the Tots will come right back to Jackson County for the different Christmas programs for kids that are go on here and there are several of those. So congratulations to those gentlemen. Uh, we had a reporter there so I, I know we'll have some nice coverage from that uh, as well. That was on Saturday. Uh, coming up this week, we'll probably tell you more about that on Thursday when we're here, but remember the Jackson County Senior Citizens will be doing their Festival of Lights that is the uh, successor program, the successor <clears throat> event of the Festival of Trees that exactly. the Cancer Society held for years. It was going to be discontinued this year. Lisa Warrens and the senior citizens, the Board of Aging, jumped in there and said, let's continue to do it. It'll be very similar to the Festival of Trees. They renamed it the Festival of Lights. It will be at the Jackson Memorial Auditorium Thursday through Saturday. We'll give you some more details on there. The event on Thursday is a ticketed event. Um, but it gives you a chance to go to a live auction there. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they're going to have a buffet table there, a snacks buffet table. Uh, it's kind of a kind of like an unofficial start to the Christmas season. That's the way it's always worked in Jackson anyway. That'll be on Thursday evening, but starting on Friday and I believe on Saturday, it won't be there on Sunday. That's when they pick up the trees. But on Friday and Saturday, you can walk in uh, for either a nominal cost or free mm -hmm. to see those all those Super decorated, cool. handcrafted trees. You can buy baked goods and all kind of fun stuff, too. Right. Also, uh, the Jackson City Library would like to have the public's participation in an upcoming blood drive. They've not announced a date for it, 
But once they get enough registrations, which you do at the library, once they receive 30 signups, they will announce a date for the blood drive. And that is Roger Donaldson, the library director there. He's very community-oriented, uh, wanting to do something to help the community. And the, the Red Cross is always talking about the, the need for new for, for blood, for blood donations. But it's even worse because of the COVID-19 sure. situation. Some people have not wanted to donate. Uh, there's more people going to the hospitals for different reasons. Look, obviously, more people going there because of COVID. So the need is greater than ever. So he is organizing a blood drive. If you sign up at the library, you will be part of that. And then when they have enough registrants, he'll say what the date is. The library is also going to offer a beekeeping program on the first Friday in December. Uh, it will be on the first Friday of December, January, February, and March, all at 6 p.m. Sign-ups for this program uh, are at the library, and you can do that online on the library's website. Okay, well, that brings us to sports. And before we bring in Dan Morrow, I want to say that um, he and I were at the Ohio State football game on Saturday. You what? Yes, we VIPs? Had, yeah, well, we got in. We had a, had a great time up there, saw a bunch of tailgating. And we got a chance to meet a celebrity, Cardale Jones. What? See, there he is. There is living proof that that, that we met Cardale Jones. That, that is the big cool. guy in the middle. In case you don't yeah. know who's who. <laughs> Which one is he? Right, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, uh, what they call him, um, shotgun. Yes. Or something like that. That was what uh, Gus Gus Jones called him. The mm -hmm. uh, the uh, commentator on Fox on. Uh, 12 gauge. 12 gauge. 12 yep. gauge, right. You're uh, right, 12 he gauge. He will be forever in Ohio and the Ohio State fandom uh, memory uh, for what he did in 2014, of course, when the team won the national championship, and he was the third string quarterback. Third, third string quarterback, yep. Right. That right. was something. Right, and he stood with us through a picture and didn't charge us a dime. How about there that? There you go. All right. Now well, you're somebody. Well, we're going to turn it over to Dan Morrow now. And uh, before that, though, tell us about the weather. We can tell you about the weather. And um, it's looking pretty good for this time of the year. I mean, really, it's, it's a little cold outside. But um, you guys can all hang out if you want or whatever. We'll, oh, we, what are we doing? Okay. I'll, I'll move over and you guys can squash together. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so today looking not too bad. Um, partly cloudy skies or partly sunny, however you'd like to say it. Highs around 44. Those lows are getting a little bit cooler overnight, dipping down into close to freezing. Uh, 33 overnight tonight. For tomorrow on Tuesday, a little bit warmer and partly cloudy skies. Highs of 57, lows around 46. But then look at Wednesday. No, I don't think it's a misprint, but uh, it's looking pretty darn good. So if you can get a day like that with partly cloudy skies and highs of 71 degrees on Wednesday, wow. what the heck? We need to get out and, and enjoy it. I love this. You guys, <laughs> this is so cute. She won't bite. He's like, I don't want near her. I don't blame you, Pete. I'd, I would do the same thing. She's recovering. I, I am recovering. Well, that was the one thing I was going to, Pete beat me to the punch there, telling us about going to the Buckeye game Saturday, which was a thrill. The two of us got to go spend the whole day. That's but so fun. you're a workaholic. You work all the time. It was nice that you weren't feeling well and you could get away for a little bit. Nobody works more hours than this no. guy right here. And for me to pull him out. How did you do that? It was hard. It was very hard. I forced the fact that I'm going to be at your door at 830 in the morning. We are headed to Columbus and we'll get back when we get back. And we got up there, and we were on the uh, we were around the stadium at ten thirty in the morning. So we really took in all Fun. the atmosphere. It's really special. But to get Pete a day off is hard to do. Yes, you know, he's seven absolutely. days a week, eighty hours a week, and always all that working. Kind of stuff. So it was fun, and we did see a lot of sights, and it's so many Jackson local people. I was going to say, I um, felt like the entire town of Jackson was, was at the game. It, it was a great turnout, and we, we hit, I think, four different tailgates that hit, were full of Jackson and local people, and we just had a ball. It was right. fun. You know, if you're, if you're a Buckeye fan, even if you've been to a game before, or maybe it's been a while. You've it's never been, been a while for him, so he was kind of shocked. R right. So, you know, you, you can't beat the atmosphere. I know that, oh, you know, there's, there's the expense involved, the driving, uh, the... Uh, 
the, the time parking, travel, the commitment, all that, yeah. the commitment, all that. It's but, an but, event. But, but I'm telling you, if you haven't experienced it, you, you need to do it. You yeah. know, what they do on the breaks when, you know, like if you're watching on TV, you don't know all the things they do on the breaks, that, the presentations they do. The tailgating, I've never seen so much tailgating in all my, <laughs> all my life. It's, it's, a lot. it's spread over about 10 football fields, literally. Yep. And there we, we went to four different tailgates where it was mainly Jackson people. Yeah. So, you know, it's Little Jackson up there, it, it seems is. like. And I'm sure there's lots of other folks from all over the county uh, camped out out there. And some of them, they're tailgaters, and they don't even go to the game. Yeah. But they got their TVs set up out there. So it is something to see. And then once you go in, you can have one of the best $6 hot dogs you ever find in your life. There once, you go. Once, once you get in there. So. <laughs> Yeah, real, bar you had real to wait. bargains in the stadium. Yeah, you had to wait 45 minutes for that. No wonder you were just so hungry. That's why no, it tasted so it, it was good. ready for you. They probably made it on Friday. <laughs> probably. <laughs> but we had a ball. Well, good. But atmosphere. Talk about atmosphere, Pete Wilson. We got to see it on Saturday at Ohio Stadium. And a little quick note, they signed the top recruit for the 2023 class hour or two hours before the Purdue game. Didn't sign him. He committed. Yes. But... I, I just thought it was interesting when I read. He said, "Wow, the atmosphere on game day here is unbelievable." And that, and he's a Columbus boy, it, so um, that's the kind of things. I mean, it's all recruiting. It's getting great players in there. But it's just it such a. It's so commercial anymore. Um, Paul Keels. We got to see Paul Keels. We were down near the ninety-seven point one. They have a setup there. They're doing live radio before the game. And awesome. uh, Paul Keels is a longtime Buckeye announcer. If you've ever listened on the radio at our local stations under Total Media, he does football and basketball. And Pete heard his voice. His voice is <laughs> so distinct. Guy. It is a distinct voice. And right away, we knew right away who it was. We didn't even see him until we just heard it. And so those were the kind of thrills we had. And obviously, Cardell taking a picture with him. Where did you run really into nice. him? Um, Alan Stockmeister was talking to him. We oh. saw Alan, and Alan said, come over here, you guys. Look here. And we got to take a picture with Cardell. And talk, the, the grin he had on that picture, he just seemed so genuine, didn't he, Pete? What a nice young man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in one of the most special three-game runs in the history of Ohio State, he oh. was the quarterback of. Um, Unbelievable. Like I said, came from third string nowhere His, to become a very famous Buckeye alum. Yes, that and, dude uh, had um, um, ice running through his veins oh, or something. Was there was no shaking him up at all. Didn't seem like it, those Whew. three games. So, it, But uh, what a gentleman. But what a thrill. What a thrill. But let's talk a little bit about Friday night. Okay. Well, the yeah. atmosphere there was that unbelievable. Was it was yeah. Jackson playing in week 13 of the high school football season. You asked me, you know, did we let one get away? Could we have won it? Yeah. Yes, we could have won that game. But, boy, we played a good team. And, you know, they've beat yeah. us by a, almost a duplicate score two times. We Back in week four, got beat by them 33-28. to 28. We had four turnovers to none. We thought, wow, if we can just get another shot at them, we can get this turned around. Well, we had a great chance on Friday night. Tremendous game plan. The first half of that game, Pete, might be one of the most exciting, fun first halves of high school football I've ever seen. And we've seen a few of them. Right. Couple 21 of them. to 21, went back and forth. Just At halftime, you really had no clue who was going to win this game. Third quarter comes out, no scoring after this shootout. Back and forth, up and down the field, no scoring. We th That's our advantage. We've shortened the game. We've got a chance because their offense is unbelievable. And we'll, we've mentioned their quarterback, how special he is. But uh, it came down to it. Jackson was in it all the way. We had a touchdown call back by a penalty. We yeah. had another run that went inside the 10-yard line. Would have been first and goal. That was called back mm -hmm. because of a penalty. Both of those possessions we didn't get points out of. Um, this game, they had three turnovers. Star one, and they still beat us. Probably this game would hurt us. And, and most of the Jackson fans would say, Maybe some tough calls that went against Jackson. We had okay. more penalties than they did, and ours were somewhat very critical. They were rough. We weren't able to overcome them. But wow, what a great, what two good football teams just playing it, and we end up losing 35 to 28. Listen, it's the playoffs. When you get to that caliber, or you know, you get to that place, the the caliber of teams is amazing, yes. and somebody has to win and somebody has to and lose. Somebody had to lose, and the and the good guys lost. But it you was know, our guys right, lost. Right. Our good guys lost. And but that it was, was tough. it it's 
the game was how it should be, just knocking it out right to the end. And it was. And we had opportunities, and we could have won. Yep. Um, Western Brown, if you're a football fan, it's such a different type game. Their quarterback, we've talked about him, Drew Novak, this young man is special. I've heard that he might have committed to West Virginia. Now, mm. I don't know if I've seen it in print totally yet, but you know, when we were first playing him back in week four, there one of their assistant coaches said, "Oh, he's got a lot of MAC schools, high probably OU, sure, you know, all of them around there, Miami, any school." I kept saying, "I'm a Miami grad." I said, "Send him to Miami. Mm-hmm. He'd be great there. He'd be great at, at an MAC school." Right. After we saw him this time, we were kind of saying, "He's, he's Power Five conference. He's he can play big yep. time. He's that good." We compared him. We've seen Art Sleister, we've seen Joe Burrows, we've seen the very best of the best that have ever played in Southeast Ohio. He compares favorably with all those kind of people, the way he stands out from the other kids. There's, you know, there's 22 people on that football field. Mm-hmm. And when you're out there watching it, when one young man stands out above, mm-hmm. the, above the others, you say, he's pretty special. Yeah. And uh, he does that. Um, so if, if he ends up going to West Virginia, more power to them and, and West Virginia because they've got a good one. He's long, lean. He's 6'6", 190 pounds. He can Holy probably put on moly. another. He can put on another 20 pounds of muscle. That's easy. a lot and of kid there. He's a junior. He's only a oh, junior. Oh God. <laughs> he is going to play wow. next year because we have a series with him, a four-year series with him, at Alumni Stadium next season. He will be in Jackson playing. Oh, man. He's going to be worth the price of admission. Obviously, we all go to watch our Jackson Ironmen. But when we play Western Brown, football fans from all over should come to that venue to see them because, first, our stadium handles a lot of people. It could really be a big crowd that night, okay. I would think. Well, I think that this isn't bragging. It's a fact. We can say that the Jackson Ironman defense is one of the best defenses in the area. Mm-hmm. They've shown that statistically and whatever. Well, this was the second time that Western Brown put 35 points on Jackson, which is, you know, a lot of points. However, Western Brown, those are the two lowest figures that they had all year. They had 35 now in one other loss something. and then 35 mm-hmm. against Jackson twice. But Mr. Novak, Jackson put more pressure on him than they did the first time, especially in the second half, which was decisive because, remember, it was 21-21 at halftime. He ended up with 30 of 45 passes completed. Okay. Through 45, completed 30 for 422 yards. Whoa. One, uh, one two <laughs> touchdowns and three interceptions. Uh-huh. All right. So we and, did get the pressure right, on Right. I think he had six interceptions coming in. Remember, he throws all the time, mm-hmm. so, the, so the, the percentage is still very good for him on the proficiency. Uh, but we, had, we intercepted him three times. They did not punt during the game. When we stopped them, uh, it was because of, uh, of, a, of a turnover. They sure. had no fumbles where they lost any fumbles. So those were the three chances that we had. Well, one of them was at the end of a half, a desperation throw in the end zone that our freshman defensive back Tucker Williams picked off. Mm-hmm. But that was the margin of error that you know we talked about as commentators that Jackson had. They just did not have very many possessions on offense that they could waste mm-hmm. because Western Brown had a good chance to score every time because of Drew Nodak, not because of Jackson's defensive failures or anything. We can't. I can't tell you. I could probably go back and figure it up now, and I, but I haven't yet. How many times they converted a third down play? Which you know that's a big thing. Third down, third down proficiency. Third and longs. You know, you're either fourteen. Like, oh wow! In high school, you used to say, "Well, yeah, you're going to run something. Over. You're going to punt. Yeah, play field position. They, he finds a man open. And, well, and he bought time in the pocket about as good as we've ever right. seen. Right, you know, a he, he sits do. back. And, you know, these days, you know, you have a lot of you have a lot what we call um, what we call uh, spread offenses, mm-hmm. where you have multiple wide receivers spread out. Uh, Even you, in high school, yeah, now. You, you can run the ball out of that. It's uh, a different it's game. It's completely different. But yeah. it, but, different. but it's a pass-oriented offense, and uh, you know, uh, let's see, they ran the ball uh, twenty-eight times, and he ran it twenty times himself. Twenty-four. Twenty-four. Twenty-four oh. out of the twenty-eight. Oh. Twenty-four of the twenty-eight. <laughs> right, which is the, a surprising wow. thing because you might think you know you don't want that young man hurt because they're obviously trying to. Knock his block off. Yeah. You know, because. All six foot six of him. Right. But he is, for a slender kid, he's tough. 
Uh, some of the runs are almost designed runs like quarterback draws, mm -hmm. but he's very good at knowing when to scramble. If you put pressure on him, he'll hurt you on a scramble. He'll evade the rush. But this is the mark of a really good quarterback, particularly at the high school level. You get flushed out of the pocket, and you're running for your life, right? Well, he is looking for a receiver. And so the defensive backs have wow. to continue to stay with their receivers, and you got five guys running around out there, and they all can catch the ball. Oh, and man. so that makes it really tough on, on the defense because he can buy time. And Dan and I, uh, what, what he did through 45 times, what did you see, maybe three or four passes that were off target? Not many. He oh. had about six dropped that hit his receivers, who are very good right in the hands. And uh, so it could have been a better percentage on <laughs> oh, there. Oh, my. Interesting stats. He now has thrown for 4,888 yards over the season. That's 13 weeks. And he's a junior. 52 touchdowns he's thrown for. He has rushed for over 1,000 yards, 1,066 yards, and he's rushed for 18 touchdowns himself. That, math-wise, is 70 touchdowns he has accounted for either by passing or rushing. So he's special here or there. What a season we had. Coach Hall, his staff, I thought had a great game plan. One of the stats that jumps out, we needed to rush the football against them, shorten up the game a little bit, mm -hmm. not keep as many possessions as normal. We rushed it for 235 yards. We had two runners with over 100 yards. Wow. Eli Broerman, a sophomore, ran 23 times for 106 yards and a touchdown. Jacob Winters ran it nine times for 116 yards. We did what we needed to do. We just couldn't quite get over the hump but Jacob Winters threw three touchdown passes he's on the screen right now young man he's a junior so we'll get to see him next that's year right. and that's exciting he threw for 25 touchdowns this year now once you talk about these crazy numbers for Western Brown that sounds minute like, eh, but it's the most in the history of Jackson football yeah, this well, is a it's, huge it's deal not a, it's unofficial but you know I've kept the stats over the years a lot since the 70s yes and uh i'm uh, there was one year where i wasn't sure where we passed a lot since then i've got some numbers from that particular season it was in the early 90s i'm fairly sure that jacob winters passed for more uh touchdowns and yards this at, year this year than any other quarterback in jackson high school 99.9 percent i think yeah. that right year, and two asterisks Winters was not the full-time quarterback until the middle of the season because he split the time. He was actually kind of the second quarterback behind Evan Spires, who obviously had to be an excellent quarterback. Correct. To be getting a lot of snaps ahead of Jacob the first half of the season. Evan had a very serious season-ending knee injury in yep. Game 5 against Wheelersburg. And so what I'm telling you is Winters did it in really less than full-time duty. And if you throw in Spires' stats, which were very good for half a season, insanely uh, good, yes. The, what those two quarterbacks did together is certainly six. Uh, he threw for six TDs. We threw as a team for thirty-one, which we know is far and away more than any Jackson teams ever sure. thrown for. Right. Yep. So, so you know that that is that is outstanding there. And Tristan Prater, who was just one of uh, a number of kids who caught passes for those two quarterbacks, he may have he may have can't confirm this either. He is certainly at or near the top of that record as well. We're about 99% sure that he cut more touchdowns. Career and single season probably because yes. Tristan started since he's a sophomore. Yes. Especially, and he had a huge touchdown right before half that tied the score up, the excitement. But let's, get a sh let's give a shout-out for Jackson fans. Mm -hmm. We were there. Wow, what a crowd. Well, first of all, we weren't sure how much space was going to be in that press box. It's not a huge press box. Okay, and you we were at Waverly, right? TV, there's multiple Waverly. broadcast, radio broadcasts there at Waverly. So the three old guys decided we're going early, and we got down we're there We're going to claim our spot, man. We went to claim a spot. They had had it already set up for us. We didn't need to be there that early. But regardless, we're there way before the gates open, and guess what? There's probably 50 to 75 Jackson and fans standing at the gate ready to come in. <laughs> they no let way. us in, thank goodness, so we could start setting up equipment. So we're up there in the press box, and you could see the second they started coming in, and the Jackson fans were filing in continually, filling up the home side of the stands, and minutes later, it was full. Would mm -hmm. you say... 90% capacity and probably more. You could have squeezed a few bodies in. That's awesome. At that moment, we looked across the way to the visiting stands, and it was empty. There might have been 25 Western Brown people there. Now, they were a late-arriving <laughs> crowd. 
they did fill it up when they got there, which was about half the size of Stanzas Jackson's. But our fans were there. They were loud. They were involved. They enjoyed what was a great high school football game. I mean, it was oh, obviously yeah. the game itself was entertainment. But they came and were ready to be involved, and they were, and I think they were a factor. So congratulations Thanks, to our yeah, yeah, our fandom is is special. Oh, huge. We travel so well, and it's fun, and the atmosphere, and people were wound up, weren't they? Right, and uh, you know, we told you it was a close game. Uh, the winning touchdown, it was 28-28 to 28 when Novak, of course, he did what he needed to do when the game on the line. He threw a touchdown pass to Logan Campbell from 18 yards. That was with one minute and 51 seconds left in the game. You know, and I want to give you guys credit and, and a big shout-out to, to Total Media and all of that because, you know, as I was stuck at home on my butt doing nothing, um, That's I was more able details to, than we needed, but yeah. we knew you were stuck at home. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Doing nothing. Um, I no. I was able to tune in um, and turn on. I just pulled up my app. I was able to just tune right in, and uh, y'all did a phenomenal job of of keeping us updated on what was going on. And and you know you can just hear the excitement behind it you. Was um, it was there with the fans. It, it's and all definitely. Of that. It's a, we can speak from perspective because, like he said, we're old guys and we've done it for a long time. One of the best most important games that Jackson High School has ever played. And they did tie a, a record for themselves. I don't think Jackson's won two playoff games this year. I don't think they've ever won more than two in any never, season, right? Never have won three. Right. Just, never, just right. the two once. Mm -hmm. Right, just the On two there. once. And because there were more teams involved, so you have to beat more good teams right. to get to where we were last Friday night. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, once again, a, a, a great season. Uh, we were light a couple players too, but that's football. You know, didn't have two two starting players, but still, you know, played a great game against a great team. Western Brown, by the way, will now play Granville, which is top seeded oh in our region. They are undefeated. For football fans, that will be at Taze Valley, at Taze which we Valley were there a couple years okay. ago. Nice venue, not far yeah. away, easy drive on there. Right, so that, that should be a great game. And, you know, if Jackson would have won, who knows, maybe it would have been that venue as well. They try to find some place in between Kinda, the two schools. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting, too. We talked about Wheelersburg with a big up. I won't call it a big upset, not when Jack Myerton and Wheelersburg play, but they played each other. The next night, Saturday night, and it was a dandy football game. But Wheelersburg came out winning seventeen to fourteen. I seventeen think it was. to fourteen. They will take on Harvest Prep, and that will be back at Waverly. So they oh, get really? they get a nice venue to go to and play because we were very pleased with the treatment we had at Waverly. The facilities they've really improved their football field. So for uh, for high school football fans that can't get it, you know, they can't go see Jackson this week. If you want to go see one, go watch uh, Western Brown up at Taze Valley, or go watch Wheelersburg at um, Waverly. You got an opportunities. Right. There you go. Not too far away, and yeah. and some good games. Yes. Right. We wanted to cover. Yeah, some let's go ahead and, and do that. The, the, the all district team came ahead, out Pete. this past yes, weekend. Yes, absolutely. And, and obviously, uh, some local kids won some big awards. Well, we're re very well represented, as we uh, should have been. Yeah. And there's one in there must mention here in a second, but uh, it's really neat. But first team all district came out for Division Three, very solid group of football teams, and that's pretty big school size there. But for Jackson, the Ironmen that got honored were uh, Jacob Winters, who we just talked about at the quarterback position, running back Cade Wooford, who unfortunately could not play this last game, and obviously that Hurts us a little Bummer, bit. He's yeah. an all-district running back and had a special year and only a sophomore. And we had a place kicker on there, only a sophomore, Ethan Crabtree. Little Amanda! Woo! Oh, my gosh, Amanda's baby there. But uh, six field goals this season and... Let's get 53 out of 54 extra points. Does that sound about right, I think Pete? I think it might be more like 63 of 64. 60. Perhaps. Whatever it is. He missed one extra point all year long on Yanked the high. kid off the soccer team yeah, and, and, uh, and he, th he, throw him a football. He did well. Yes, he did. And Coach Hall talks about him in that he he's the kind of young man that wants to be good at this, so he's going to work at it. And he's only a sophomore. And he's, he's only going to get stronger. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. Defensively, and the nose guard, senior Ty Jones, first team all district <clears throat> in there, was yep. outstanding the last couple years. 
the next two players, we had two more defenders on the first team, Grant Maston from Jackson, inside linebacker. We've talked about that young man quite a bit before. There he is leading in a, as a blocker. Had a big interception. Yes, yep. he yeah, did. Yeah, I heard that. And Drew Bragg, who had an outstanding year at outside linebacker. He had moved up from a safety position this year to fill a void there at outside linebacker and was nothing more than outstanding. Great kid, great 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 career he has had there but big awards we had the district defensive player of the year of the year announced and that was grant maston congratulations to grant there were no better in the district and they got it right on that one no question about it that kid is something he is special special. we need to have grant on the show sometime to talk about all the stuff he does yeah you well you talk horses to him he he's famous nationally this kid is so cool. Yeah, so and cool. he's a gentleman. Yes, he's and he does. Gentleman. He just does everything so well. <laughs> Another one we got. We got the Coach of the Year award by Andy Woo-hoo! Hall, and I think sometimes this happens. Uh, you remember Urban Myers? He had a pretty good run at Ohio State. Mm-hmm. Whether you like him or you don't, he was unbel- He won ninety percent of his games. Yeah. Never got Coach of the Year in the Big Ten. Sometimes when you set up your program to be so successful, they overlook you and always take that coach that all of a sudden had a team go from five and five to eight and two right and they get coach of the year finally coach andy hall gets district coach of the year so well deserved 13th season there over 100 career wins at a at, at jackson and uh that's well deserved i think you would agree with that pete wilson oh, he absolutely. worked so hard at this this just doesn't happen no no it doesn't happen at jackson to be as successful as we are every year so no. big congratulations to coach andy hall on that we had a special mention player tristan prater also yep. and that's well deserved he should have been higher yeah. <laughs> and you only can get so many people there but tristan he is his, he's special, mm-hmm. special player for the Ironman on there. That's Division Three. In Division Four, we have other local team um, people who we covered. Correct. So let's name those real quick. Zane Carr. I don't want to mess up their names because we didn't broadcast them. But Zane Carr, the outstanding running back, and Gabe Reschke, Pete. Rashke. Rashke, both mm-hmm. from Vinton County. First team off- offense, all district on there. Defensively, first team, Blake Brown from Vinton County and Brady Woltz from Vinton County. Both make defensively first team uh, in their uh, division. But the big honor here, T.J. Carper, the coach of Vinton County, coach of the year. So two of the four of the divisional, the district coaches of the year, came right from our listening audience. And and Coach Carper, this was his first year. And, you know, that's a challenge getting acclimated. He had been coaching in West Virginia as an assistant. So he got a head coaching job in another state, and all he did was uh, have a winning record and have them play uh, (laughs) second place in the TVC Ohio behind a very good Nelsonville York team and then um, make the playoffs. Congratulations to him. Also special mention, Brock Moore from Fenton County and Dawson Brown. That is in their division. Division five, we have some local people in there, and that includes our Wellston Isaac Mollahan, only a junior, mm-hmm. was first team all district, division five. Congratulations to him. We read about him every week in the in the paper on there. And then special mention, Evan Fisher and Braylon Howe from Oak Hill and Evan Brown from Wellston. They made special mention all district in there. So good representation from our listening audience. And once again, thank you to Total Media covering four football games Absolutely. on a Friday or a Saturday night. It's tough. Every it's weekend. a lot of work. It's a lot of work in there. It is. And, you know, I just, you, you can't be more proud of, of our kids. Um, not only are they do they excel at sports and, and things, but academically, they're they're doing all of these volunteer things now that you know we didn't have all of this stuff. I mean, yeah. they're doing stuff constantly. And now. I'm going to give a shout out to Total Media again. We're unique in this little area here. We're still covering all our sporting events. Yep. We are seeing more and more less teams coming with any radio coverage. Um, it's not as big as it used to be, That's but so sad. our little communities, you know, when we're doing four games on a night, Total Media goes all out of their way to make that happen. Absolutely. And it's not easy, and a lot of people are involved in it, and it's a lot of fun. And now we're going to start just around the court. We, we quit football finally here, and what starts basketball, Total Media is already covering Ohio State and OU on the radio, in which tonight there is a game with Bowling Green at Ohio State. That can be heard on WYRO tonight by the radio. 
Robert Morris is at Ohio University. That can be heard on WYPC. Mm -hmm. They're involved right there with that. But around the corner, high school basketball starts. And all four teams, all four teams, once again, will have um, it's 12 boys games, eight girls games broadcast on the radio. So that's 20 for each of the four schools, plus any uh, tournament games. If they play one tournament game or they play six, they'll be all covered on there on radio. That's an on taking early on the game. The first games that are going to be on coverage. So put this on your calendar one week from tonight. Will Can be the first high it? school broadcast in wow. a biggie. Jackson at Vinton County, which is uh. Vinton County was in the state finals last year. Yeah. Pretty special situation there. But the Iron Ladies, coach under Coach Matt Walburn, they're going to be fun this year. Mm-hmm. We know that for a fact. They're going to they're travel up to Vinton County. That will be on WKOV. And then Memphis at Oak Hill Girls will be on the same night at WCJO. And, it, and then when, once it starts, it's amazing. It starts. Now, our broadcast for Jackson, both our t- games for girls and guys will be a little later in the year, but they're home games. December 8th, we'll pl- have Greenfield McLean at Jackson Girls broadcast on. And then December 10th and 11th, we'll have the boys. McLean on Friday night and Athens on Saturday night. But boy, once it starts, it goes continually mm-hmm. for the next few months. And a big shout-out to them. Jackson Round Bowl had a basketball base yesterday. They gave away $5,000. People supported that. A tremendous amount of support went into that. It was $75 raffle tickets. The man next to me bought a ticket. We coerced him into that ticket, but he did it graciously. And I've got his shirt here. Everybody that is... My phone tends to do that. You're fancy. Okay. Everybody that was That's involved like the nicest ring. in the basketball bash <laughs> received, I thought, great-looking T-shirts. Oh, yeah. But the amazing thing about this is, if you can look on the back there, 42 sponsors wow. were involved in this, plus around 250 people bought tickets. Five people came out and decided right at the last minute that they would share that. We came down to five tickets left. Out of the 250. Yes. And they have an opportunity to share it and get $1,000 each or to have it play off for the $5,000 for one of them. They were all generous. They decided to share their winnings and each of them to take $1,000. And the five winners, a big thank you to there. But if you hadn't heard, Tyler Swackhammer, he, he doubles as the principal he of the does. high school. He does. Great, great guy, but doing a great job. But he was one of the winners. Michelle Prater, who obviously will have a son in the program. Bobby Yates has a son and a coach, a husband who's a coach within the program. Ramona Sprague and Shauna Davis. They are our nice. five winners of the basketball bash, and a big congratulations to them. <laughs> Next Sunday Fun. is the Jackson Wrestling Chili Cookoff, which will be held at Park's Edge Sunday afternoon. Mm-hmm. Come and eat your full of chili. I think $7, and you can... Taste all that chili in there. I think it's $10 to put chili involved in it. They have uh, an auction. It's their big fundraiser, so support that. Just like you did basketball, because basketball and wrestling is around the corner. We hate to say goodbye to football, but we have to at some point. That's all right. One ends, the next starts. That is right. Fantastic. And it's going to be exciting, and it's, like we said, just around the corner. One week, you know, like we said, in in a week we'll start broadcasts, and it's going to be fun. Right. You got it. So, I, time has just gone crazy, but yeah, we were sitting there yesterday and I said something about Thanksgiving. I said, I don't understand why all these Thanksgiving programs are on. Like we were watching the Food Network yesterday and Jamie said, well, it's next week. It's pretty close. And I said, <laughs> what? And he said, Thanksgiving, it's next week. Yes. And I said, no, it's not. Yes. <laughs> so, I'm, you know, I got out my phone we? and I'm looking and I'm like, oh my God. God, it is. Well, we were talking just the other day. Somebody, wherever we were at, we were saying how time flies. And at our age, it flies faster than at your age. And kids in high school, remember, it took forever to get to Christmas. Forever. Now you blink and it's here. It's gone. Our yep. years go so fast. So we have to enjoy every minute of them, which we did Saturday, Friday and Saturday, didn't we? We you had a great weekend. You all got out. Men on the town. Yes. Well, get him fun. out. You almost have to drag him out of town. But we did. Pam let him go, and he, no. he took a few hours off, but I'm afraid he was back up here all day yesterday I catching up. But that's Pete. All right. Well, uh, but, it, <laughs> but it was fun. Uh, it was fun. I'll, I'd do it again. Good. I would do it again. That's what we maybe, love to hear. Maybe 10 years from now. Oh. Uh, uh. 
Or maybe next year. Right. Who knows? It was it was a good time. It was. It was a good game to go to too. It was. Yeah. Yes. If you like offense. Yeah. Whoa. We scored at will. Problem is they did a little bit of that too. But you know, and let's be honest now, high state, we can say what we want. They're ranked number four in the big poll right now. Is if you're a Buckeye fan, we need to win out, but we just happen to be playing two top ten teams the last two weeks. Michigan State next Friday or next Saturday, and then at Michigan, the big one. But if they win both, Probably going to play Wisconsin or Iowa in the Mm -hmm. Big Ten Championship. Win all three. I think we're in that final four. You know, all you have to do is win. You got to win. um, One point wins will be fine. It was interesting, though. I was listening to some of the guys, you know, calling the game on on Saturday, and and I was very surprised by this, but they said um, if you had to put up somebody against the top-ranked team in the country, who would you? And and most of them said Ohio would State. Would like to see and, Georgia and I, appears to be the team that's, that's head and shoulders above everybody. And they were like Ohio State. Um, Our offense Alabama, against their maybe. defense would be fun. It would be fun. And I, I was just. Well, we got to get there. And that's what Jamie and I were talking. Like, all we got to do is win. Yep. We just have to win. Yep. That'd be it's, fun. Doesn't yep. matter how. Just have to win. Yes. And so. Pete's Bengals had a good day yesterday. They did not lose. They had a bye week. And Baltimore lost. Cleveland lost. Well, that was a only one Ooh, about that, that was an ugly, and Pittsburgh ugly game. tied. So the Bengals caught a half game on one and a whole game on the others just by taking the day off. They right? took that was good. And, and when you tie the Lions, that's a loss. That is kind of a loss. Yes. <laughs> yes. But we'll take it. We'll see if Joe can get the Bengals going next week. We'll Come on, so. Joe. You can do it, man. Yes. Yes. That's right. Okay. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for spending the morning with us. This has been so fun. And that way I didn't have to talk as much and cough my way through this you madness. You keep getting healthier. Yeah. You'll Lots of vitamins. There you go. Yep. You can do if it. If anybody has any secrets to getting better, let me know. All right. <laughs> so thank you, guys. Thank, uh, you. thank you for all you do. Um, sorry the season has come to an end, but we'll just move on and focus toward basketball. And you all keep rolling. All right. Well, have a great day, everyone. We appreciate you so much. We have a special guest on the program tomorrow, right, James? Yep. And that is, it's your uncle, right? We're going to talk about robots. We're going to have a little robot here tomorrow to play with. That means more intelligence tomorrow than you had today. I mean, just, now I wouldn't say that, just difference. It would be that for sure. More obedience. Yes. Yes. An eclectic program. Yes. You never know what you're going to get. You never know. Yep. Eclectic. Okay. Eclectic and electric. There we go. Both. All right. Oh, man. All right. Well, with that, uh, have a great day. Enjoy some sunshine. And we'll be right back here tomorrow with a little robot. How fun. Thanks for watching. Bye-bye.